Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we have... Nephews! <laughs> this is... Oh, gross. This is going to make a lot of sense in a, in a minute and not... Well, I was going to say not in a weird, creepy way, but definitely in a weird, creepy way. Just not <laughs> just, the one that you expect. Just not the weird, creepy way you're expecting, which is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is so much fucking fun. I uh, had an absolute blast with this page. You knocked it out of the park. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Yeah, it's so much fun. Before we get started, though, we've got a couple of plugs. Uh, first and foremost, we are going to be going to Panic Fest. Panic Fest. That's right. The annual horror and horror adjacent festival that happens in Kansas City, Missouri is happening again. And Cult Podcast and Horror Virgin will both be there. And technically, Romancing the Pod will be there, but... We're going to leave them in the car. So uh, yes. <laughs> it's going to be a fun time. Go ahead and get your tickets, your badges. I believe that we will be there on May 1st is our, our shows. Is that correct? Yes. Both Horror Virgin and Cult Podcast shows are May 1st. Perfect. Yeah. So go ahead and uh, go over there. Get your uh, get your tickets. And we cannot wait to see you there. Um, secondly, we have a Patreon. Beep, beep, beep. Patreon is the best way that you can help us uh, by supporting us. You can help us make this show that we do. Um, no one pays us to do this, except for you guys. This is a fully crowdsourced thing that uh, half the time you get to research this crazy shit that Paige has, and the other half of the time you're like, what if I spent the next month of my life just fully reading about Nazis? <laughs> so, um, yeah. You can go to patreon.com slash cult podcast and uh, help us make the show. We appreciate you so much. And uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Oh, also, I don't know how long it's going to be up for. I assume it's going to be for a while. But uh, Andrea Gazetta has an art show in Milwaukee, Wisconsin called Stratosphere. Uh, and the artwork that she made for it is fucking amazing. And you should go check it out while it is uh, there. It's at the VAR Gallery in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. If you get an opportunity to go out there and check it out, I highly recommend it. You will not regret it. Um, yeah, I think without any further ado, let's hop into the show. Hello. 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 I'm off pitch. For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm, organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership, organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers, organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships, and organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits, and as always... These are our opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm the tax man, Armando Torres. And with us, we have deductions. I was going to say an audit. That's right, bitch. You oh. opened up a podcast hoping to escape the horrors of everyday life, and they followed you into the Spotify or wherever you listen to this. I should have no. said Rooster Teeth. Damn it capitalism comes after us again it, this is dropping on tax day by the way <laughs> i like i know we're recording this in the past uh, but this will drop on tax day also there's some fun tax stuff in this episode too oh what a fun what a fun little thing that i did accidentally <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, this man. is uh, speaking of taxes, by the way, and and the horrors of filing them. Charlotte McGrath, friend of the show, coworker yes. at Funhouse, she fucked up by telling me that in California, the state will automatically issue you an extension if you do not file uh, by the tax day that yeah is till given. October seventeenth. Although it's much better to actually like request one, but all you have to do is like click a thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, sure. But you're talking to a man who will actively ignore issues with his own physical body if I right. find out that I don't have to do something by a certain time. 
And so, like, normally, I'm a good little boy. I file my taxes by, like, January or February. Typically, I do, too. This year was just busy and crazy, and I, I ended up at a, a crazy fancy festival. I'm about to do another one, so, like... Hell, yeah. It's wild. Yeah, that's fucking awesome, but I have no excuse, Paige. My excuse is that I found out I didn't have to, and my brain went, fuck that, and then just threw it against the <laughs> Shut wall. Shut it down. Yeah. Then you just had me texting you like, I need our tax forms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, essentially what happened, to put it into context, is somebody told me I didn't have to do something, and then my brain just kicked its shoes off, threw it against the wall, and went, I'll clean later. That's what happened, all right? My, I just, if I can put something off, I will. Right. Yeah, of course. Ugh. I mean, that's why my new thing as a, a grown up is forcing myself to do things that I don't like. And it's not always easy and it's not always good. But that's why I'm filing my taxes by the deadline and not getting an extension. Not because I can't <laughs> not because I don't deserve an extension or shouldn't have one or it's not available to me. But because I know for me, this will be no different if I got the extension than if I did now, I will still be scrambling to do this for the extension because I will also put that off. So I'm just doing it now. Ripping Absolutely. the bandaid off. Look, it's better. It's better to do it when it's fresh in your mind. But the way that I survive being an adult is by telling myself that I'm not and that I'm still a little baby child. I mean, not forever though. How are those hangovers <laughs> feeling? Uh, worse and worse every time. Yeah. Yeah. No, oh, I feel Oh my God. I got excited about buying fast drying towels for my hair the other day. Adulthood is going <laughs> great, by the way. Ugh. I made my own sweater. I'm mm -hmm. super excited about it. It's hot pink and no one can tell me shit. <laughs> I'll post on Instagram <laughs> later. Yeah, adulthood's a weird little roller coaster of a thing because as soon as you get inside of the gate, it really is just like adulthood is really just like being let loose in an amusement park without any supervision because as soon as you get in there you go <laughs> okay first of all ice cream for every meal i'm gonna do this until i die and then you do it four times and you're like i i'm gonna I'm, like, i am gonna fucking die. done i like yeah. i need a bench to sit on and maybe sleep on uh <laughs> i can't eat tomatoes after 5 p.m anymore like this has turned into a fucking nightmare and i don't yeah. know what to do holy shit i saw this this people were talking about this on the facebook page about how me saying that i'm hesitant to jump off of ladders now because i have to worry about my health insurance is the perfect like thing of adulting you want to know how much armando has grown as a person is the other day i said Oh, man, no, I can't do bell peppers this late. It's going to give me heartburn. Okay? Yeah. Fuck me. <laughs> I used to be a child. You used to be. We all used to be. Everyone used to be a child. <sighs> As the Bible said, when I was a child, I did things the way a child does. I'm paraphrasing. Anyway, so, like, <laughs> do you want to get into this? Yeah, I think we should get into another person who kind of paraphrases the <laughs> oh, Bible. This person's going to paraphrase a lot in this episode. Uh, so... Again, this is James Jesse Strang. Uh, our sources, really quick, we have The King of Confidence, A Tale of Utopian Dreamers, Frontier Schemers, True Believers, False Prophets, and The Murder of an American Monarch by Miles Harvey. Uh, we have a Britannica article on Jesse James Strang. We have uh, a WPR.org article called The Most Audacious Con Man You've Never Heard Of. And we have a lecture from the Chautauqua County Historical Society, The Amazing Life of Jesse James Strang. Are you ready? Absolutely. Actually, now that I think about it, can I get an extension on this episode? Can we no. put it out in October? <laughs> I need it right now. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, now, first of all, thank you to all of you who sent me different descriptions of how to pronounce Nauvoo. Now, you all sent me different pronunciations, which I found hilarious. <laughs> I got like five different emails that are like, it's pronounced this way. It's pronounced Nauvoo. It's pronounced Navo. It's pro pronounced Nauvoo. It's pronounced Cleveland. Like five different, <laughs> like, I don't know which one of you is right. I'm going to go with Nauvoo. We're not going to say it all that much in this episode because not much of this episode takes place there. Uh, but also, a few of you, a few of you reached out to tell me that it's pronounced closer to strong, like S-T-R-A-H-N-G, like strong, like A. 
Uh, but I feel like this is rewritten history and a smear campaign. Then he wants us to say that he's strong. So I'm going to continue <laughs> to say strang because um, actually, that sounds Paige, more accurate. <laughs> um, actually, Paige, the way you're supposed to pronounce his name is like a New Jersey hairdresser talking about her new boyfriend. Oh, yeah, honey. He's so strong. He's so strong. He's so strong. Oh, but he's not. He's not strong enough for the queen. She can do better. Anyway. <laughs> I forgot he wanted to fuck the queen. <laughs> Last week on Mormons Gone Wild, we met James Jesse Strang, mm-hmm. virgin and con artist, philanderer with married ladies, obsessed with Caesar and Napoleon and power in general, jerked it to the queen. Any questions? Uh, several but no i don't <laughs> i'm good also at the end joseph smith got shot multiple times but didn't put out an album or make vitamin water so like <laughs> why he's so famous then uh again several questions don't want the answers to any of them nope and remember that his death left a power vacuum and everyone was eager to fill it, especially Strang. Now, if there's one thing that Strang is good at, it's emulating important people while not being super original himself. Everyone wants to fuck the queen. Not everyone wants to fuck an empress or whatever. I don't what know. He just, he's <laughs> like, he just wants to be Napoleon or Caesar and fuck a queen. He doesn't have any original ideas of his own. He just wants to be powerful the way other people have been powerful. Yeah, I get what you're saying. And I know what you mean. Like, everyone wants to fuck the idea of a queen. But I don't know if you've seen many queens in person. Uh, I mean, Freddie Mercury. No, I'm kidding. Actually, I've seen <laughs> many queens in person. I don't know how if you know how often I hung out in gay bars back when I still drank. I saw many a queen. <laughs> in fact, even queens dressed as the queen. So, like... Oh, my God. At queen squared. Extra queen queen cube hyper queen queen cubed but the cube is spelled q u e b e d yeah 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 but it's pronounced strong <laughs> and, <laughs> anyway <laughs> so within this power vacuum strang produces what he thinks is the best plan and he takes a page out of joseph smith's book and he brings out a letter And he says that it was written by Joseph Smith prior to his death, proclaiming Strang the rightful heir to lead the Mormons. Now, first of all, no one bothers to check the handwriting, which I think is hilarious. Uh, Secondly, remember that Strang has only been around the Mormons for like a year total. Joseph Smith died four months after Strang was baptized in as an elder. He's the new guy. Brigham Young has been through shit with the group. They survived the Mormon Wars in Missouri. They've been ousted from every promised land that Joseph Smith led them to. Strang is basically an interloper, but that didn't stop him. Because here's the thing about Brigham Young. Not everybody liked him. He's the most popular prospective leader for sure, but some people didn't agree on some of his beliefs or on how Mormonism should proceed, so they chose a different path. And there were multiples to choose from. Strang is only one of them, and we'll go over some of the others at a different point because they are equally as wild. But some people believed the letter that Strang brought, and they believed that if Joseph Smith wanted him to be in charge, then who were they to stand in the way? but most people were understandably skeptical. So to try and assuage their questions, he told them an angel had anointed him at the exact time of the assassination at the jail. But people were still skeptical because honestly, too soon. He's saying this days after it happened. Yeah, honestly. And the other thing too is is like, why would the angel not just save Joseph Smith? Yeah, right? Because he had too many eyes, and all of his eyes were on the prize, and that prize was strang. I mean, <laughs> strong. Is, I'm so sorry. <laughs> that is fair. Uh, I, I think the angel tried to save Joseph and was like, be not afraid. And Joseph was like, dude, I just got shot in the fucking face. All right? Or, or Joseph was like, what are, you, what are you telling me, be not afraid? I'm the one who's been shot multiple times and still jumped out a window and survived to cuss people out. You be afraid. <laughs> be afraid of me. Yeah, Your ball of eyes and wings. I'm fucking Theodore Roosevelt in this motherfucker. (laughs) Regardless, 
Strang manages to cobble together about 2,000 people who believe him. And now, granted, that's out of about 50,000 people because, like, at the time, there are tons of Mormons. And I know 50,000 right now doesn't sound like a lot because there are millions of Mormons. But it's not an insignificant number at the time, which is the mid-1800s. And that's why the government was so fucking tweaked about the Mormons. They're like, there's a lot of them. And if they banded together, it'll cause problems. Yeah. So. What a lot of people aren't doing is accounting for Mormon inflation, which is that right. like five Mormons then was worth a hundred now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except because they're all going to have like whatever ass load of kids that they need to have to have oh, their God. own planet. Like they've got goals and the means of production. It's a whole system. They birth two Mormons and then those birth <laughs> six Mormons and then it's a pyramid scheme. Yeah, it's a missionary scheme. It's a missionary yeah. scheme because they're none of them are doing anything exciting. Uh, I grew well, up with wait till later. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up with a bunch of Mormon families in the town that I lived in. Uh, and, well, actually, that's not true. I thought I grew up with multiple Mormon families. I grew up with one singular <laughs> giant big Mormon, Mormon family. family. Yeah, there are so many of them. They each have like eight fucking children. Yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot of kids. <sighs> so, and actually, that'll come up later. Remind me of that in like twenty minutes. Yeah, uh, I get. What do they need to fucking? They need children hands for the space farm. What the fuck are they doing? No. But it's more a question of like, we know how many people he has, and then they're like, it was twelve families, and you're like, <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> You just got to do the math for a bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, hold on. I'm sorry. I got to do the fuck math in my head real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he takes this 2,000 people to Vori, which is where he was scouting land from the previous episode. So remember, he goes all in on Mormonism and then immediately goes and scouts a new place for like a Mormon settlement. And he said he basically chooses Vori with Wisconsin. Uh, but here's the problem. The land he had scouted was still too close to like where other people lived. And so people outside the group were still influencing them and other Mormons were influencing them. And it made it harder co to control the group. So he knew that he had to do things to try and isolate them further under his control. So he did something a little wild. See, James is a well-educated man. Remember, he was a lawyer. He was a school teacher. But not all of his followers are. Some of them are farmers or had grown up following Joseph Smith and didn't have any formal education to speak of, which is probably why they didn't recognize it when James selected some of them to form a new secret squad in his group. A squad that he called the Halcyon Order of the Illuminati. Uh, now, <laughs> okay. it's not surprising that someone who wants to be like Napoleon or Caesar and wants to fuck a queen is like, you know who gets to do that shit? The Illuminati! Uh, but that's where his brain is at. So he takes this like, you know, subset of the followers that he has and he makes them swear an oath to obey him. I have it. Uh, quote, they swore an oath to follow him as, quote, the imperial primate and actual sovereign lord and king on earth. <laughs> and I'm sure, I'm sure he means man when he says primate. But like, how fucking funny would this be if it was just a chimp? Like, yeah. just imagine the whole last episode where he's like, yeah, I kissed that married lady. And it's just like, did that chimp just talk? Wow. <laughs> Maybe he is king. Apes yeah. together strong. <laughs> now in my head i'm just picturing fucking harambe doing sign language <laughs> and they're just like oh, jane what is he saying and she's just like you don't want to know dude he, you don't want to know he says that he has a letter from joseph smith that proclaims him <laughs> the rightful leader of the mormons who knew look i definitely shouldn't have taught him sign language that much is clear now but i for sure should not have taught that guy fuck math all right he is carrying <laughs> he's adding to carrying the pussy it's insane it's crazy and all of us should have stopped buying this monkey cigarettes but what can you do <laughs> it's so adorable <laughs> now 
this is, I think, an example of, of Strang wanting to feel important and trying to say something that he thinks is going to sound important mm-hmm. and not realizing that, no, it sounds goofy. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like me anytime I try to use, like, big words. Yeah, exactly. So... He develops an initiation ritual where he would Mm -hmm. take the new members into a dark room and anoint their heads with oil, which would make them glow in the dark. And it freaked people the fuck out. But he had a little secret. He was adding phosphorus to the oil. So what they're actually seeing is just phosphorescence. And Uh I had to look into this because one or two sources called this a miracle where they were like, surprisingly, their heads glowed. Like, we think he was mostly a con artist, but how do you explain the glowing heads? And I was like, there's no way he made heads glow for real. (laughs) Like, that can't be real. Nope. It's not real. It's phosphorus. Yeah, he basically just fucking invented the glow stick and started the world's first rave. Yeah, maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's phosphorus. <laughs> Doesn't phosphorus like smell bad? Um, it it can uh in large amounts, but like not not enough to be noticeable. And you don't have to add too much of it to the oil. I'm sure the oil was also scented because it's probably like an you know essential oil or an olive mm. oil. So that probably hid the scent. Gotcha. Um, okay. I yeah. don't know. I, I was thinking in my head they were all in a dark room glow sticking it up. And somebody was like, damn, this rave smelled like ass. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just picturing them just 1800s clothes, prayer. But then like you just hear the... And fucking Harambe's like, going ape shit in the back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't even the crazy part of this episode. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, I like. I know what's coming up, and the fact that we're already losing our shit here. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I'm so sorry. It's going to get so much crazier. Uh, All right. So that worked for a while because everyone loves being part of something exclusive and special. But it wasn't quite enough. It was enough to tie those like that, like small group of people to him really closely. But everyone else was kind of like, yeah, I don't know if I believe this letter guy. Like, this is fun for a while, but maybe I'll just go back to Brigham Young. I don't know. So a few months later... He took another page from Joseph Smith's book in a bid to cement his legacy. He woke up one day and told his followers that he had an angelic visitation, which led him to a series of brass plates buried on a nearby hill. Now, according to Strang, these contain the story of the Raja Manchu of Verito, which is a made up story about people who had lived in the area centuries before and died in a fierce battle. Completely made up. Uh, And Strang explained that he was the only one who could read and translate the plates due to a pair of specific glass spectacles, a.k.a. magic reading glasses, uh, which is literally (laughs) textbook Joseph Smith. Now, Joseph Smith has a little more mythology to the reading glasses and the like the Umith and the Thurim. Oh, okay. That's your fucking problem is that he didn't flesh out the lore of the Ras al Ghul fiery Dorito or whatever the fuck. (laughs) I will say when I read Verito and I was like, Dorito, <laughs> like my brain went there too. Um, but so Joseph Smith has a lot more lore about like finding the plates, reading them out of a hat. It, it's a whole thing. But remember that Strang was only there for a few months. So he just has the like bare bones of what that was. And so that's what he does where he's like, I have fancy glasses. Um, and that's as far as he goes with it. All right. Uh, And so everyone is like, oh, my God, more plates, because that's how stuff happened with the last group. The Mormon group they came from had also discovered plates. So clearly this was a sign. And James discovered more plates. Like anytime he needed, anytime he felt like people were like, I don't know. He'd be like, I found more plates. We have a whole (laughs) serving set of 12 now. Uh, So he he discovers another set of plates called the plates of Laban. I'm sorry. I just, (laughs) I just want to imagine him running out of stuff. And he's like, I found a a, a brass Dutch oven back there. (laughs) And they're like, oh. Salad hmm. plates. (laughs) Hmm. Okay. It seems like you're really 
running out of yeah. stuff here, bud. All right, I okay. found a brass skillet that contains the story of the angel who told me to suck his dick. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you can only see them with my special 3D glasses, you dumbass. <laughs> So all the plates that he finds, he organizes them into a book called The Book of the Law of the Lord. The following year, because he'd found more plates and he'd published this book, and he still, he managed to like maintain a few thousand followers. He doesn't gain a ton of followers, but he doesn't lose a ton of followers. But he knows that if he's going to survive, he's going to have to get more followers. So you're going to say more plates. <laughs> we need to serve 24. And like, I know you registered for 12, but like, we're going to have to find more. Um, <laughs> he decides to go on a recruiting mission and he went east along the route that he and his family had traveled to move to Wisconsin in the first place. So he went back through New York and even passed through Ohio the only problem with that, as you may remember from last week, is that he had tried to sell fake Ohio land. And that was only five years ago. So people still pretty pissed about it. So he hightails it back to Vori to tell people his findings and to try and share the good news of all the people he had talked to that were going to maybe join their group. But on the way back... He claims to have a vision of a place where he and his people can go to be free of religious oppression and far from the forces that know what land exists in Ohio. Also, this vision told him that polygamy was all right, all right, all right. Oh, my God. Damn it. So as soon as he gets back to Wisconsin, he picks a place that he believes matches his vision and would be the perfect home for him and all of his multiple wives. A place called Beaver Island. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did not, Paige. Yeah, he did. Oh, he did. my God. He did, he did move to a place called Beaver Island to have a bunch of wives. We're going Which... to move to Beaver Island, and I hear there's a spot. I call it the good spot, the G spot for short. <laughs> and we will find it. And his we'll wife's just it. like, no, you won't. You're taking fucking years. How many plates you going to dig out of there? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> can I tell you that part of the reason I pulled this out is because the notes on it and i must have the first time i found this and added it to our files i must have also giggled at this because the notes just says guy takes a cult of mostly women to beaver island (laughs) (laughs) and then the more i dug into it the more i was like fuck i'm glad i chose this i mean look i'll be honest with you it sounds like a pretty good place but there are some issues it does have sort of a fishy smell to it no (laughs) and it's surrounded by water you know it's always wet it's nice yeah 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 a place that's always wet that's Filled with ladies. <laughs> <Be> violent. <laughs> um, now, uh, there was a problem, though, because uh, other people already lived there. Uh, both Irish colonists and native tribes lived on Beaver Island. And there was a law in place allowing for certain allotments to squatters on the land, as well as a purchase price for plots. Well, James purchases some land... Then he learns about that squatting law. And so he and the rest of his thousands of followers just took basically land by force. They force people out of homes. They take over the towns. They run pretty much anyone who's not Mormon. They're like, join us or die. Just like, bye. What the fuck, dude? You can't force your way into Beaver Island? Come on, buddy. No, I mean, hey, you shouldn't force your way onto anyone's island. Islands require consent. Um, But people didn't like it. But they now have the controlling stake of Beaver Island. And remember, it's a couple thousand followers, which made up uh, was made up mainly of 12 families. Oh, my God, dude. Do the fuck math. Okay. <laughs> now, Grant, not all 2,000 are those 12 families, but most of them. It's most of them. So those 12 families make an agreement to share wealth between them based on all of the trades they establish on the island with James controlling the main stake of the money. Now, something a little interesting about Beaver Island is polygamy was already sanctioned there. They weren't the first Mormons to live there. 
but it wasn't widely practiced. There were only about 20 couples on the island practicing it until James got there. And then it was everybody. And one of the first things he did upon arriving at Beaver Island was marry an 18-year-old named Elvira Field, who was a school teacher at the time. There's only one problem with that. Polygamy's legal, but he hadn't quite run it past the one person who really needed to co-sign on this. Can you oh, guess? Yeah, it's his fucking wife. Yep, it's, it's his, his wife. Yeah, I was just about to ask, too, how, how she felt about this whole thing. Well, she hadn't moved to Beaver Island yet because she didn't like it there. So she's living with her family a few miles away. Uh, now, yeah, he, I'm not really a huge fan of Beaver Island. I'm more of a Dick Hill kind of guy. Kinda, I'm a strictly Dickly Hill kind of lady. Um, <laughs> now, James obviously knew that she was probably going to be upset. And so he didn't want her to find out until he could find a way to smooth it over. So he sent Elvira away for a bit and no one knew where she was or what happened to her. She just like disappears. But a few months later, James Strang's nephew, Charles J. Douglas, came to visit. And James immediately makes Charles his personal secretary. And this was weird for a few different reasons because his wife had never heard of this nephew before and he had literally never mentioned it. They've been married for over a decade. But also, that nephew looked suspiciously like Elvira with a wig and facial hair wearing men's clothes. And three, people kept catching James in romantic entanglements with his nephew. No, come on. No, 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 dude. Yes. What the fuck is this walking sitcom guy doing? <laughs> People started to doubt Charles's identity. <laughs> what the fuck? Report <laughs> Reportedly, one woman was quoted as saying, "Men don't have bosoms," which is debatable for many reasons. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> look I, at this set of tits <laughs> right here, baby. I was like, his name was Robert Paulson, um, but. <laughs> This uh, sounds like it was meatloaf. R.I.P. Meatloaf. Uh, this sounds like this was the most hilariously half-assed cosplay ever. Meanwhile, his wife, living away from the island, finds out about the the nephew, and she's like, "He doesn't have a nephew," uh, and the whole secretary thing. And because it's old times, she's like, "Okay, okay." So he dressed his mistress up as his nephew, and and they're they're banging. But because it's old times, she stays married. And basically, she's just like, we've known the whole time that this wasn't your nephew. And I'm never moving to the island. We're still married, but I'm going to live here with my family away from you and your weird dress up. Yeah, dude. Come like, why? I don't even get the just dress her up like a different lady, dude. What did you do that for? <laughs> The idea that dressing her up, it it reminds, because Doc Antle did something similar where he was like, this is Chantal now. But like, it cracks me up that because like these people are not blind. And this is not this is not a case where someone is like living as a different like this is just him being like put on a hat. <laughs> like that, That's what it is. And people knew her. So they're just going to be like. I'm pretty sure that's Elvira just in yeah. pants. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure she just drew on a couple of hairs on her face, put on a hat and now she's banging our boss. Yeah. 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 Uh, so there's unrest on the Island. Uh, the locals who were there were not happy to be forced out of their homes, obviously. Um, and specifically the Irish had started to gather to retaliate at one point, they marshal all of the Irish people on the island and they try to literally fight the Mormons and they do get dispersed, uh, but it ends up being called the War of Whiskey Point. <laughs> all right. Uh, but now James was <sighs> mad and he wanted to make a point about his absolute rule on the island. How you say? Oh, by having a formal coronation, naming him king of the island. Now, July 8th. 1850, 
they built a log chapel and they crowned James the king of Zion, head primate of whatever, <laughs> R.I.P. Harambe. Uh, he wears full red robes. They had, they, I read a couple different descriptions of the throne and apparently it was like moss covered, which sounds like green knight levels of cool. Um, but I'm sure knowing this guy, it was not that cool. He made some proclamations, mainly that one-tenth of all the taxes on the island should go to him personally. And due to their moral ethics, like their ethical code, there would be no more whiskey trade on the island. Understandably, this pissed off the Irish because it's like (laughs) taking away their gold or their lucky charms or whatever. Yeah, and now you just have a giant... Uh, 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 how would I put it? You just have a bunch of redheads massing together, a red tide coming out of Beaver Island. And it's just, they're so angry. July 8th, that time of the month is so hard (laughs) for Beaver Island. (laughs) I knew I'd get there eventually. Uh, But that wasn't the only other rule that pissed people off because now that he was king, he would just make rules left and right. One of the ones that gets like actually written down that we have records of is he insisted that all women wear bloomers, which was not necessarily the fashion at the time, Uh, like more like pants like kind of thing. And two women specifically refused. (laughs) And there was like unrest as to whether or not they were going to be punished for wearing dresses instead of bloomers. It was like a whole thing. But they joined the opposition of people who are like not happy with this guy. I feel, do you ever feel like maybe he was just trying to like add in a bunch of laws to, uh, to Beaver Island's like charter so that he could pad it out? Yes. Yeah, I do. Pad it out yeah because pads uh pads are like menstrual yeah uh uh-huh yeah Mm mm-hmm yeah uh i mean i don't think so because i don't think he would even know what any sort of menstrual pad or rag was considering that he thought he could just dress a lady up as a dude and no one would notice that is true that is true if this guy sees even one ounce of a scheme he's gonna jump tamp on that no yeah no that one was equally bad that was bad (laughs) so on beaver island uh uh, by the next year he and his followers held every political office on beaver island and the adjacent mackinac island and this attracted the attention of somebody pretty important That was President Millard Fillmore. (laughs) And he was so concerned that he sent the USS Michigan to arrest Strang and transport him for a trial. Once at the trial, James acted as his own defense attorney because remember, he's technically a lawyer and he wins the case. What? What? (laughs) Yes, he wins. They release him of all charges because they didn't really have anything to charge him with. They were trying to charge him with like sedition, like he was trying to like, you know, separate from the United States and he wins and he gets released and he goes back to the island. But the president was kind of pissed off about it. And he's still super concerned with the nation state brewing on Beaver Island. He doesn't believe for a second that Strang doesn't want to be ultimate king. Like he's not buying it. So allegedly, and a lot of this is lost to history, allegedly he decides to do something drastic. And there's not official evidence, but most sources agree that the the Navy and the president conspired to put a hit out on James Jesse Strang. What the fuck? Here's how it went down. The president sends the USS Michigan back to pick up James Jesse Strang for a meeting with the government to further discuss his community. So James, believing that everything is fine, arrives on the dock to meet up with the ship. But as he does, two men popped out from behind him. One of them shot him twice in the face and once in the back. Now, when I say in the face, I mean in the face. One bullet gets lodged against the back of his skull and the other gets trapped against his cheekbone. Ooh. Yeah, the bullet in his back is close to his spine and will end up moving to hit his spine over time. But James is still alive enough to call out to the boat to help him. And it's when he does that, that he realizes that the boat's not there for him at all. The boat's there for the assassins. 
So the assassins, in trying to quiet James down, pistol whips him into unconsciousness. The assassins then board the waiting naval vessel and claim sanctuary awaiting their trial, which basically never happens, by the way. The only problem with that is James is still alive. In fact, he stays alive long enough for the ship to pull out, sail away, help oh. to arrive. He gets transported back to his family home in Voree, where he shouts about being assassinated by a sitting president for three whole weeks <laughs> and his mom at the time claims that she had a dream premonition that this would happen but something crazier happens during these three weeks his two head wounds start to heal what the f what what was wrong with guns back then and if he had only been shot in the head he probably would have survived this assassination but the bullet in his spine gradually caused a full paralysis and nearly a month after being shot in the face, he succumbs to his injuries at the age of 43. Oh my God. This whole time I was like, he's gotta be like 60. No, 43. He's only, wanna, only a few wanna, years older than me. <laughs> I want to lay out just how crazy that entire assassination was. Is that you said the phrase... To, to escape from Beaver Island, they decided to pull out. And I, yes. we didn't even touch it. No. Because of this. What the fuck? This guy got... What? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, I, I've already said it. But seriously, what the fuck was going on with guns back in the day? I where know. A, two bullets to the face doesn't kill you. Well, if you remember from the last episode, Hiram got shot in the face. Hiram Smith got shot in the face. And he lived long enough after being shot in the face to be like, brother, I am dead. And then like to <laughs> yeah. warn Joseph Smith. Uh, and whereas like today, like if you get shot in the face, like it is not likely that you're living through that. Like that's no. where your brain is. Like it's, you know, it's not good. Yeah. Uh, but no, apparently guns were not powerful enough. Part of the reason he would have healed from his head wounds is, uh, the cheek one like cracked his bone but couldn't get through it and the mm -hmm. one in the back of his head couldn't get through his skull so it's it's basically a surface wound because like because it doesn't break the skull it doesn't hit his brain so like the two headshots don't cause any brain damage they cause bleeding and disfigurement but like he doesn't actually sustain any fatal injuries it truly is the shot in the back that hits his spinal cord that does end up killing him but also if they'd been able to remove that bullet he might have also still survived like it's because the bullet stays in his body and works its way through doing more damage that like he he ends up dying but look i understand it i just think it's crazy that you can be shot in the back of the head at any point in time and go ah quit it no i agree I, and like it's just wild to me that in one episode, we've had like three different people get shot in fatal areas and not immediately die. <laughs> and and not just not immediately die. This dude, three weeks. Three weeks? It's wild. Did anyone believe him? I mean, like... That the president I that had, had tried... Well, not, not immediately, but it would turn out to be pretty obvious um, with what happens after. So... That makes a lot of sense. I forgot that Fillmore enacted the uh, uh, James Jesse's a bitch law. That was, <laughs> it's almost like, dude, you got to be a little more secretive with your stuff. Yeah. So they bury James on his own land. Uh, but later on, his estate would be auctioned off to pay family debts, including the burial site. And a non-Mormon purchases it, but is so mad at the Mormons for kind of infiltrating their town that he puts a pig pen directly above the grave on purpose. <laughs> All right. That's awesome, though. Uh, and it's not until the 1930s when one of Strang's daughters, who was very old by that point, funded mm -hmm. an actual burial for him where they've got a grave marker and, and all kinds of stuff. But. Following his death with no successor, the Navy essentially deploys into Beaver Island and scatters the Mormons. Like, they band together with the locals to 
basically pull the Mormons from their homes and scatter them. Which, again, the Mormons did take Beaver Island by force. Like, it's it's a little bit of like, you know, you had it coming to you. Um, But it's the government directly persecuting them, and clearly so. Um, So most of them scatter to different states. Uh, with most of them ending up in Chicago. And allegedly to this day, there are a couple hundred people still practicing his version of Mormonism. And that's where we will end for this week. Oh my God. (laughs) How do you get Mormons to scatter? Do you just like make loud noises where you're just like coffee, alcohol, (laughs) exciting television. You say a curse word and they just run. Um, (laughs) No, they, they literally like piled them onto the ship and then like dropped them off away from the island and were like, have fun. Good luck. Bye. Like you can no longer congregate essentially yeah. which is by the way illegal it's not great but also it was also not great when they took other people's land so like oh yeah know. no 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 oh, everybody 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 sucks ass here it's just a shame that we didn't have twitter at the time so that they could beef in public right right oh thank you so much for this page I can't tell you how much I needed this after staring at W2s and 1099s all goddamn day. <laughs> well, remember, one-tenth of that has to go to the king. <laughs> yeah. Tithing is a son of a bitch. I just... Oh, my God. What a... What a... What a... I... <laughs> Did she stay acting like his nephew after he died? No. Okay. So he dies and she immediately stops dressing like his nephew and marries somebody else. Like <laughs> literally months later. Like there, there are pictures on, online of her with her next husband. Like she was only married to him for like a year tops. Like they are not married for very long. And I think, I think it's one of those things where like she married him at 18 and then immediately was like, oh no, this is too weird. I need yeah. to no and so as soon as he dies like not even cold in the ground she's like i met someone new (laughs) it's pretty great oh man honestly i just want to say that i'm proud of myself for not making too many menstrual jokes in this episode (laughs) usually usually if given the opportunity i just kind of let it flow you know and there's a i know i know and there's a couple that i just kind of cycle through but honestly I'm I'm glad, I'm proud, and that's all I'll say. Period. <laughs> Paige, you can't no one can hear this, but Paige is rubbing her temple. Actually, you might be able to with how Maybe. hard she's rubbing them. Maybe. I'm all I'm also on my moon times. Uh <laughs> uh, I yeah. I am visiting Beaver Island if you wanna say that. I just uh, here's the thing if you're if you're gonna visit Beaver Island just make sure that the property you get is in the south you know so that way you can say I'm going down on Beaver Island that's the only way to do it Paige thank you thank you for this this has been an amazing two episodes of stuff that like how the fuck have I not heard about this because this is insane I don't know I I was wondering how we had never heard of it either because like we haven't done a Mormon episode, like a full blown one, but we hear all the weird stories. And this was one I'd never heard. And so like yeah. the more I read into it and dug into it, cause like the log line of like moves a bunch of ladies to Beaver Island. I like chuckled. And then the more <laughs> I read about it, the more I was like, what the fuck happened? What happened? Like remember, cause, and this is such a short amount of time. He's only 43 years old in the last years of his life. He acted like a king. Like he he believed he was a king on earth, a king, and he's he's the first sovereign citizen basically. It's just like I mean not the first first, but like in the way that sovereign citizens happen today, he's mm-hmm. one of the first I think that I've read about where he's just like just kidding. I'm king of my own land. Pay taxes to me. <laughs> also, you can marry as many wives as you want, but I am definitely not married to my nephew secretary like it's just everything he does gets weirder and weirder and weirder he's just such a weird dude yeah from our experience covering the mormons like 
I don't know, tangentially or however you pronounce that word, related to different stories that we've done. Yes. In the neighborhood of cults, the Mormons are like the weird family that lives on the house at the end of the block. And you like want to be cool with them just because it's rude not to be. But every time you go over to their house, they're just like, I'm going to chug a gallon of milk for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) They're just a bunch of fucking weirdos, dude. And I, I can't wait to cover them fully. Um, but every time we get a little glimpse into the insanity that they are a part of, oh my God, is it just such an unbelievable treat? Uh, so again, Paige, thank you for this. Um, Hey, look, if you want to follow me on social media, you can, I'm very easily found. Uh, you can go to at Mondo does stuff on Instagram, on Twitter, um on uh twitch i'm on twitch at twitch.tv slash mondo does stuff last night we had an amazing stream uh i got raided by uh dado who is a, a big destiny streamer and then i immediately told him and all of his people to go fuck themselves that um, what that doesn't sound like you at all no absolutely not he was so nice dado by the way is just an unbelievably nice person uh dado and travel danielle are fucking amazing and i i appreciate them a lot and i regret telling them to go fuck themselves and telling their audience that they can go eat my ass uh but you know what i had a fun time it was really good uh hey coming up i have some shows uh i'm gonna be in austin during the last week of, of uh, April. So I might have some shows there. Um, and then Paige and I are heading over to Kansas City, Missouri Woo! for Panic Fest. Panic Fest. And so there uh, might be some shows there too. Uh, just follow me so you can keep informed. That again is at Mondo Does Stuff, M A N D O Does Stuff. Thank you and goodbye. Mwah. Mwah. Hey guys, a bunch of stuff coming up. So we do have Panic Fest at the end of April. Then literally the day I get back from Panic Fest, I am roast battling on the Netflix as a joke festival. Uh, So that's May 3rd, uh, 10 p.m. at the Comedy Store. May 14th at the Irvine Improv. I'm opening for Jeff Ross. May 21st, I'll be in Simi Valley. Uh, Then a couple other dates in June. Keep tabs on my uh, Instagram is usually where I post most of it, but... Uh, if you follow all my social media, it should be there. And if you want to follow me, it's at Rampage Wesley on Instagram and TikTok, at Paige Wesley on Twitter. I love you so much. Bye. And hey, if you want to follow us and our show, you can by going to at Colt Podcast on Instagram. Or at Colt Podcast Show on Twitter. You can also send us an email to coltpodcastshow at gmail.com. Or if you want to send us outfits so we can dress up like your relatives to hide the fact that we're married to you, (laughs) you can send that to 3756 West Avenue 40, Suite K, number 237, like Like The the Shining, Shining. Los Angeles, California, 90065. I make such a sexy nephew. (laughs) What does your nephew look like? Send us your ideal nephew in some sort of crayon drawing. (laughs) no not in that way like if you had to dress someone up like a nephew what would you include Uh, jetpacks guns witch magic let's do it uh i'm gonna say don't drink anything millard fillmore hands you because he might poison your ass because apparently he put hits (laughs) out on people and don't drink the kool-aid bye bye